So let's pray. Dear Holy Father, God, we love you. We thank you so much for the opportunity to come to your house. God, thank you for the once again, Lord, that we can come and have fun. Lord, around, centered around you, that you get the glory for it all. Lord, we don't have to worry about doing anything that, Lord, helps make us lose our testimony or anything like that. We thank you for that. Lord, we can laugh and have a good time. Lord, we do thank you for your word, and Lord, how much we need it. Help us as we continue in Second Timothy. God, and see tonight what you have for us. We love you. Thank you for all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Second Timothy chapter number 1. From verse 13 through 18. I'm going to read verse 13 through 18. If you have your Bible, open it there. If you don't, it's on the handout. But if you have your Bible, I would like you to turn there. And can I put a plug in for this? Can I put a plug in for bringing your Bible to church? I mean, you are at church, and it's okay if you bring it on your iPod. I don't care. I bring my iPad. I was that guy when we went to church triumphant. I was the only guy. We had to stand up and introduce all the pastors. And I came straight from the office. And so I, had, I didn't have a tie on. I had like a pullover on, pullover sweatshirt on. And they asked all the pastors to stand up and introduce themselves. And every other pastor stands up in their suit and tie. And then there's Pastor Burton holding his iPad. No Bible. No tie on. So I was that guy. So, but I do want to put a plug in for... Um, for bringing your Bible to church. You're coming to church to worship God, and if you don't open it at home, you can at least bring it to church and open it here. So make sure you bring your Bible. 2 Timothy chapter number 1, 13 through 18. says this, Hold fast the form of sound words, which thou hast heard of me, and faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. That good, that good thing which was committed unto thee by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us, this now knowest that all they which are in age shall be turned away from me, of whom are jealous and homogenes. The Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me, and he was not ashamed of my and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. The Lord granted to him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day. And in how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus, thou knowest very well. We talked last week in chapter one. We were in verse number twelve, verse number seven, eight through twelve. Paul said, Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but be thou partaker of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God. I told you guys last week, we were talking about, am I a soldier of the cross? Am I, am I ashamed of the affliction of the Christ, or am I willing to jump into them? I was listening to, um, since we were at Church Triumphant last night, Pastor Paul Chapel was talking about yesterday, he was talking about how he went to Italy to study Baptist history. And he said he went there, and he went to the place where the Waldensians, the followers of Peter Waldo, that some people trace Baptist history back, he said he went to the cliff to where they would throw the Waldensians off for not recanting their knowledge of the, I mean, not recanting that Jesus Christ was the one who saved. The Catholic Church would take them to the top, and Pastor Chapel said that they would, from the spot he went, they would take their children first. And they said, will you go ahead and just say, forget all about this Jesus stuff? And they would say no, and they would, they would throw a child, one of his children off. And off the cliff, and he would watch one of his children die. They'd say, hey, now will you say no to this Jesus, following Jesus? He, they would say no again. They would throw another one of his children off. And the, the Pastor Chapel said that down there, down at the bottom of the valley there, they found bones, and they dug up bones of just person after person after person that got thrown off for saying that they were not going to give up what they believed about Jesus Christ. And we talked about how Paul said, hey, don't be ashamed. Be partaker in the affliction. I talked to him, are there no foes for us to face? Must we not sim the flood? Is the vile world a friend of grace to help us to God? Sure, I must fight if I would win. Increase my courage, Lord. I'll bear the toil, endure the pain supported by their word. Paul moves on in verse number 
13, he says, hold fast the form of sound words. Let's do some, head to our handout and let's try and figure out some words. Hold fast. Timothy, I need you to hold fast. It means to keep, to hold on to. Refers to as like tight. Keep, keep, to hold on to tight. The form is the pattern. It's a model of how he ought to live, the pattern. So Paul is saying, hey, Timothy, keep the pattern of sound, which is uncorrupt. means uncorrupt, true in doctrine. Keep the doctrine I gave you. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me, and faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Everybody got their blanks. Hold fast, keep, hold on to the form, the pattern, sound, uncorrupt. Paul is saying, Timothy, now, I'm telling you, and remember last week I told you that Paul said, hey, I know whom I have believed, Timothy. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because I know who I am believing and persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him to the last day. So he now says, now, Timothy, it's time for you to hold fast in the sound doctrine. We know the book of 1 Timothy. Paul had already written Timothy a letter. He says, hey, I told you some things that you need to hold on to, Timothy, that they're going to try and rip away from you, that you're going to have to stand on, and I want you to hold fast to the sound words. Let me ask you, what are you doing with what you're being taught from the word of God? Are you holding fast? Are you keeping those things, applying them to your life? If I was to right now, knowing the competitiveness of this youth group, especially in the male department, that if I said right now, if I handed one of these young men in here a football, and I had the rest of the men, the young men in this room, even the sponsors, even the adults, because they would love that. That would make it a little more challenging. Yes, sir. That I said, hold on to this football, and I want you to just run through as fast as you can. I don't want you to let that football go. I would imagine, knowing you guys, that your arm could get torn off. Your leg could get disassembled. Your ribs could be broken. And I'm not even paying you anything. I'm not giving you anything. I'm not even going to give you a candy bar. But just because you're that competitive, you would grab that football and for all of your life, you would hold on. And then people would grab you, they'd pull you apart, but you would still, your little dying arm would still be clutched. And there'd be fingerprints on that football. To where, <laughs> that's good preaching. <laughs> that your hand would be clutched to that football because you were not letting it go. This is what Paul's telling Timothy. Paul, Timothy, I've given you some sound words. I've given you uncorrupted doctrine. Sometimes teenagers get scared of the word doctrine. All doctrine is the teaching of the word of God. The fact that you know that you're saved all eternity for all eternity is doctrine. It's nothing all that hard. Sometimes we like to make it hard. And sometimes scholar people, they call it soteriology and eschatology and all these other things. But it's not that hard. It's just the teaching of the word of God. And Paul says, Timothy, I've wrote you some sound things. And now you have got to hold on to them. Apply them. See, the sad thing is that we would go to the death for a silly football. But we do not hold on to those things that God has given us that he's put into our trust. See, Paul saying, Timothy, I wrote you in First Timothy because all these things were going on. But all the things you need to do. Timothy, right now, I'm about to die. Second Timothy is one of the last letters Paul writes. 
Timothy, it's time for you, as our whole theme of the book of 2 Timothy is to continue. It's time for you to hold on to the sound words, to the good things that I've taught you, to things that I know that you know, Timothy, that are able to be a help to you and that have been proven. Timothy, hold on. Let me ask you, what are you doing with the things that you've been put in trust with? Most of you, for the most part, as I flip through pictures on the Church Network Drive, sometimes when they ask me to do a video or do something, I flip through. I see all your pictures from you when you were most, for most part of you, for most of you, when you were like tiny. I'm like, I don't even recognize who that is. And then I see the smile or some weird thing that you guys do, and I'm like, oh, I know who that is. And I, and I jump, I pull it out, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's so and so. You've been here. Did Andrew, did you say not me? I got a picture for you. <laughs> but but when it, but but when you say when you say I don't I have been, you've been here from most of your lives. Let me ask you of the things that you've been entrusted with, of the things that someone a pastor that loves you has stood up in a pulpit and preached to you. Are you holding on to those things? Or is it that you come to church? You sit down Oh, well, it's Sunday. This is what we're supposed to do. Listen to Pastor Scott. Look at the pictures on his PowerPoint. But everything, nothing's going in. It's time for us to hold on. To grasp tight. To keep the things that God has given us. Paul saying, Timothy, hold on to the sound words. And he says, tell you how to do it. He says, number one, I mean, letter A. He says, hold on in faith. Hold on in faith. That word faith is assurance. With assurance. He said, hold on in faith, with assurance. Timothy, the things that I've taught you, the things that you know to be right, the things that you know to be well, hold on with a faith that knowing it's not necessarily the faith that I believe things I cannot see. It's the faith that says, you know what? I am assured of what I believe. I'm assured of that I know what to do. There's a couple things. There's a lot of things in life that you right now are not assured of. My wife was telling me about, she listened to Carrie Schmidt preach at his new church about listening to God. And he was talking about how that life is not like MapQuest, it's more like a GPS. In life, you don't just print out all the directions of how, where you're going. It has it all listed out and says, turn this way, turn this way. It's more like GPS. You follow God's will and God says, hey, turn right here. Go here. Do this. There's a whole lot of things in your life that you may not know. But there are some things that you do know. You should be assured of. And see, Paul says, Timothy, hold those things with assurance. Pastor Burton, I don't know who I'm supposed to marry. You may not. But you know you're supposed to read your Bible. Pastor Burton, I don't know what college I'm going to go to. You don't. And you may not. But you know you ought to pray. See, Paul says, hey, those things I've told you, hold on to those things, Timothy. Protect those things. Keep those things. In faith, in the assurance that you know the outcome of the situation. See, this is, this is, uh, we're going to get to it later on in 2 Timothy. But this is one of the problems that we have most of the time as teenagers. We don't do things with the assurance. We don't look way down the road to see how things play out. See, if you look at the life of most popular people, pop stars, celebrities, If you look at how their lives turn out, 
I can tell you, whether it's a sports figure, whether it's a singer, whether it's an, an actor, an actress, you can look at their lives and you can pretty much say that number one is probably going to be filled with some kind of substance abuse. It's going to be filled with unhappiness. It's going to be filled with a whole lot of things. But when you look at someone like the Apostle Paul, who, through all the things he's been through, he writes to the church of Philippi, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Paul, why are you rejoicing? Well, I know I got beat. I know that I was floating out in the deep for days. I know I got stoned. But guys, you got to rejoice. You just got to be happy. Man, God's so good. And see, we look at the situation of things that I know work. I know that reading the Bible works in lives. How come I don't read it as I should? I know from opening my Bible that prayer works. Pastor Flanders yesterday did a whole section on prayer. And if you know Pastor Flanders at all, he's known for his speaking on revival. And it was just an awesome thing because it was so simple. But yet we do not pray. Paul says, hey, hold those things, Timothy, in faith, in assurance that they're going to work. Hey, Timothy, when I wrote to you in 1 Timothy, all those things that I told you to do, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Hey, you can be assured of those things, Timothy. You can take those with assurance. He goes on, he says, in faith, in the love which is in Christ Jesus. In the love which is in Christ Jesus. Timothy, you can take those things with assurance, but you can also take them with the love that is in Christ Jesus. There's nothing, Timothy, that I wrote to you. When Paul tells Timothy, Timothy, flee also useful lusts, but follow after righteousness, faith. And he goes on the list. When he wrote those things, he wanted Timothy to accept that that was the love of God. But most of the time what we do is, like I said last week, we have a holy calling, but we look at it the opposite way. What do you mean? Flee also, useful lust. Man, Paul, all your sins, I can't go out and have fun. Paul, everybody else is doing this. No. Timothy, I'm giving some sound, some things that will help you. I want you to hold on to those things. Don't let them go. See, I want you to take them in faith and the assurance that they work, but I also want you to take them in the love of Christ that you know that everything that I told you, Timothy, is I'm only telling it because God loves you. See, if God wanted the worst for you, he would not have wasted his time sending his son to die for you. But yet we think sometimes, well, I, I really guess God had the best for me. But if he did, he wouldn't have put me here. If he did, he wouldn't have done this. And Paul says, hey, Timothy, hold on to those things. Accept them with assurance, but accept them in the love of Christ Jesus. Man, God loves you. The reason he wants, you, he wants you to stay away from some things, Timothy, is because he loves you. The reason he wants you to do some things, he wants you to get you some things in your life to add to, because he loves you. He says, accept those things in faith and in Christ Jesus. We go on number two. I mean, let her see. Keep it. Keep it by the Holy Ghost. The word keep there means guard, watch. Holy Spirit. I mean, don't, Holy Spirit, don't want that. That's my note in my paper. Right? Keep, guard, watch. <laughs> Keep to guard to watch. Did yours say Holy Spirit randomly? Oh, committed. I'm sorry. Deposited with trust. Sorry. Deposited with trust. Sorry. 
and then keep to guard to watch. Keep it by the Holy Ghost. Paul says, here's how you're supposed to do it, Timothy. And verse number, verse number 13. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. That the good thing which was committed unto thee, which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. He says this, hey, do it in faith, do it in love, but then keep it with the Holy Spirit. Once again, this is the, this is the good and the, sometimes, I don't want to call it bad, but sometimes the negative thing that we look at is going verse by verse. I like going verse by verse because it forces me to study out every single word, every single verse. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, sometimes when we talk about the fullness of the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit does in our lives, sometimes as a teenager, it shouldn't be, but it's kind of boring. Oh, well, I understand what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit helps me. He helps me understand the Word of God, but we, sometimes I don't really believe we believe that. Turn over real quick to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 2. Yes, 2 Corinthians 2, verse number 10. This is what it says, 2 Corinthians 2.10. To whom ye forgive anything, and that is not it, so it's probably 1 Corinthians 2.10. Let's try that. Yes, 1 Corinthians 2.10. It's okay. I can't, I can read my own writing, my writing is just wrong. 1 Corinthians 2.10, but God hath revealed them. Well, let's start at verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of the man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us, of God. Paul says this to Timothy. I told you some things that you need to hold on to. They're uncorrupt. The things that you need. I want you to hold them in faith in the assurance that they will work. I want you to hold them in the love of Christ because God loves you. That's why he gave it to me. That's why he wanted me to tell you. He said, third thing, he said, guard those things with the Holy Spirit power. You know why sometimes we lose young people? when they turn 18, go the other way. I don't have time for this God stuff anymore. Don't have time for church. I've got better things to do with my time. Because they have not guarded, tried the things of life through the Holy Spirit. See, if you ask me, Pastor Burton, how do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Christianity that Jesus Christ is the way to heaven. There's so many things, Pastor Burden. There's so many different beliefs. There's so many different things. How in the world can you tell me dogmatically that this is the, what I should believe? Let me tell you how. Because there's some things I may not understand, but I opened my Bible and said, that's verse number 13 of 2 Corinthians chapter 2, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual with spiritual. See, the Holy Spirit, guys, is in your life to help you understand 
error. And see, this is where we, we mess up all the time because we think that we will see it. We think that we can go into a church right now and walk in the door and because they may have some kind of music, we'll say, oh, well, I know this church isn't where I'm supposed to be because the music they listen to. Oh, well, I know this church isn't the way it's supposed to be because so-and-so, the way they dress. You want me to tell you how God wants you to learn how to do and how to figure out things? He wants you to learn to ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Pastor Burton, how do you do that? It's simple. You say, Holy Spirit, would you enlighten me in these things? See, the Bible says in Psalm, God, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things from thy law. God, I really do want to know the word of God. And the problem is sometimes we don't really want to. We want to just say, because it's easier, I don't understand that. Well, Pastor Brent, I don't get that. See, what Paul tells Timothy is, hey, you need to keep these things by the Holy Spirit. The things I tell you, Timothy, you get with the Holy Spirit and you ask him, Holy Spirit, show me. Why? Holy Spirit, my parents say this. You go sit down with your parents. Hey, can you show me how, why you believe that, why you do that? Say, my, my parents may not know. Then you open your Bible and you pray. And you know what? What we want is a quick answer. Well, I prayed. I read the first verse I opened to and God didn't answer it. No. Paul says, hey, you keep those things by the Holy Spirit. You ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. You ask the Holy Spirit to direct you. And then God will teach us things. And Paul says, hold on to those things. Number two. Some have already abandoned me. He talks about these two. In verse number what is it, 14, 15? This knowest thou, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me, of whom are Phagellus and Hermogenes. He gives these two guys. It's funny, though. The name Phagellus, just so you know, I don't, sometimes Bible names mean something. I don't know if it means something here. But the guy's name means to run away. Fugitive, to run away. So it's, it's kind of ironic that the guy who left Paul, who said, you know what, Paul, I understand all the things you're going to. I don't want anything to do with it. I'm gone. His name is to run away. His name is, he's a fugitive. His name means fugitive to run away. And Hermogenes. Paul says, hey, Timothy, hold those things that I've given to you because, look, Timothy, I'm going to be dead honest with you. And he named two guys that Timothy knows. He says, hey, you remember Phagellus and Hermogenes? They've abandoned me. All that stuff they knew, all those things they did, they're gone, Timothy. It'd almost be like if I came up to the pulpit tonight, and unlike most pastors do, because sometimes we just beat around the bush or say, you know, or whatever, he gets up and says, hey, Timothy, you know, and I named two people that you guys know that sat with you, that you worked with, or that you've been to school with, and I said, hey, these two people, they've left God. They're not doing anything. And see, Timothy would know that as, oh, man. Hermogenes isn't there anymore? They're not serving God anymore? That's why Paul says, hey, Timothy, hold on to those things. Timothy, I didn't write you the book of 1 Timothy because I just thought it was something fun to do. I did it because I wanted you to hold on to those things that I was writing. I wanted you to take them in faith. I wanted you to know with full assurance that God had given you some things that'll work. I wanted you to take it in the love of Christ. I wanted you to know that Jesus Christ loved you. That's why he gave you those things, Timothy. And I want you to grab it and keep it with the Holy Spirit's help. Hey, Paul, I don't understand this. Get the Holy Spirit's help. 
Paul, I don't understand what I should do in this situation. I asked the Holy Spirit for help. And he says, Timothy, please do these things because, see, people are falling by the wayside left and right. He says, Timothy, all the people, read it, all the people in Asia have forsaken me. He says, hey, Timothy, I'm writing to you because we're losing people. Hey, guys, I tell you, just like Paul is, we're losing people. See, Christianity is not just the weekend thing to do. The Bible says, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear. When we look at that, those kind of things, hey, we're losing people. It's time for a teenage guy, a teenage girl to say, you know what? The things that I'm getting in church, I'm going to hold on to those things. I'm going to apply into my life. I'm going to try and find out what God wants me to do with full assurance and love. Asking the Holy Spirit to guide me because I don't want to end up like those two. And that's what Paul's telling Timothy. But he goes on, number three. But Paul, I can almost see it as he's writing it with a smile. But one guy stayed with me. One guy stayed with me. He goes on and he says, But when uh, the Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me, and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. The Lord granted to him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day, and how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus, thou knowest very well. Let's fill in some blanks. Onesiphorus. His name means to bring profit, to bring profit. The word off there, I don't think it's a blank, but it says frequently. I'm going to give you these blanks. Don't pack up. Don't do anything. I'm almost done. I'm going to give you these blanks. Then stay tuned in, and we're going to finish this. He wasn't ashamed. Letter A, he wasn't ashamed. B, he went out of his way. Diligently means more earnestly than others. The phrase diligently means he sought diligently. It means he, he sought more earnestly than others. See, the Lord will bless him. Letter D, Timothy even knew of his testimony. So Paul tells Timothy, Timothy, all those things that I go through, I'm going to go through them one more time, even though you say, Pastor, you said it like 50 million times. I'm going to tell you one more time. Paul wrote Timothy, hey, hold on, keep the words, the sound doctrine that I gave you. I want you to keep it in faith with assurance. I want you to do it in the love of Christ, to know that love, Christ loved you enough to write those things to help you. I want you to do it in knowing the Holy Spirit. Protect those things with the Holy Spirit. Find out, hey, Holy Spirit, is this the way I ought to go? Is this what I ought to do? And then he says, because, Timothy, we've already lost some people. The other two guys, Hermogenes, we've, we've lost those guys. But then you can almost see with Paul the smile. There is one guy, Onesiphorus, yeah. He came, and when I was in prison here at Rome, he diligently sought me. Hey, hey, do you know where I can find the Apostle Paul? No, I don't know where the Apostle Paul is. I don't, who, who's Paul? Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. Hey, can you tell me where the Apostle Paul is? I'm trying to look for the Apostle Paul. He's a prisoner. I got I to do some things for him. Hey, you know where the Paul, Apostle Paul is? No, I don't. And the Bible says, Paul says, I, he diligently sought me. When everybody else said, hey, <laughs> I don't know where Paul is. Forget that. I tried to help Apostle Paul. Onesiphorus kept looking and kept trying. And Paul said, man, he came and he refreshed me. He helped my spirit often. He came to me and he helped me 
over and over and over and over again when everybody else had left me. He said, Timothy, you know about his testimony also. You know Onesiphorus when he was in Ephesus. You, you know him. And he says, hey, he was help to me. So here's, here's where we put it all together. There are some things that I need to cling to, that God has given me, that I must pursue. I got to hold on to them because there are people that have already fallen away. People that aren't doing what they should be doing. And you guys know in your mind, I don't have to say a name, you guys know in your mind of people that are not where they're supposed to be spiritually. They've fallen away. But Paul says, hey, there are some. There is an Onesiphorus, that guy. There's one of those guys, Onesiphorus. And he's still been faithful. And would that be the testimony of us? Hey, you know that one kid and those two, three kids in the youth group that didn't make it? Yeah, I remember those guys. They, they looked like they were doing such a good job. But then, but remember that one kid? That one, the Onesiphorus of the youth group? Hey, I remember. He sought out diligently. He went a little above and beyond what he had to do. And he blessed my heart over and over and over and over again because of what he wanted to do for God. Man, may that be our testimony? And that's 2 Timothy chapter number 1. Next week, hopefully, we'll start in 2 Timothy chapter number 2. I love it. I love going verse by verse. But I hope that would be our testimony, that, hey, we want to say, you know, I'm going to hold on to the things that God gave me. God didn't put you in this youth group because he thought it would be a great thing to do you to waste time on Wednesday nights. He did because he said, hey, I've got some things for you I want you to hold on to. Let's pray. Lord, we love you so much. God, we thank you so much for your word. And Lord, how you just lay things out for us, Lord, sometimes... Lord, we, desire, we don't desire to dig into them and try to figure out what you're trying to tell us, Lord. Sometimes we just want to skirt over those things. God, help us to hold on to them. God, apply the things in our lives. Lord, the things we don't understand, God, help us to ask your Holy Spirit to help us, to guide us. Lord, be with our group time. Lord, I thank you for these young people that have been here, Lord, that are faithful. Lord, I should bless them in their lives. Thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.